Hi everyone, welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. My name is Rosie and I'm here with Jeremy and today we are talking to Walter. We met Walter during our trip in Peru when we stayed in Oxapampa. Walter was born in Lima, the capital of Peru, and that's where he grew up and went to school and university. He talked to us about life in Peru, how he was growing up as a child, what he was doing for fun, uh, the whole education system and how he works, etc. So that was really cool to dive into the country and, you know, have more understanding of the context and the life of local people there. He then talked to us about his work as an ornithologist, so he's a bird scientist, and he specialized in biology when he was into uni. He got into plants and then into birds. He eventually got a chance to work for Penn State University to do some research in Puerto Rico. Thanks to his research, he's been to many different places, like in Brazil, all over South America, to study birds in the Amazon. He also went for a conference in China and stuff like that. So his work, which is also his passion, because he actually loves birds and, and he's fascinated by it, uh, it's really giving him a chance to, well, travel the world and, and you know, spend time with nature connect with nature which is really a really cool way of living we really hope you enjoy this episode it was such a pleasure to meet walter to spend time and to learn from him and to get a local insight into the culture of peru enjoy hi walter welcome to the podcast thank you for taking the time to do this today we met you walter uh in peru oxapampa this is actually the first time we record an episode live <laughs> in in peru um so yeah thank you for taking the time for joining us <laughs> yeah i mean uh it is a pleasure um to also share my you know my stories or experience with you guys i mean uh during my life i talk with people from different parts of the world so it is something you know i mean try to i like to hurt and also to share things with yeah. people yeah we actually met you like a week ago, just on Monday. <laughs> so yes. Five days. Yeah. Uh, but we've been spending a lot of time together talking about, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, where we're from and what we do in life and stuff like that. Yeah. And we discussed that many times offline. Um, it's always interesting the idea we have about a place or about the life people have in a country. Mm-hmm. But then when you go to this place, you actually experience, spend time with locals, you you create you realize that most of the time you were completely wrong <laughs> with everything that you thought you knew yeah and and yeah and this is why we would we we want to record this episode because um as a french person rosie as an english person or i'm sure many people in, in the us or in europe we have this cliche of peru of we always see the same pictures, the Machu Picchu, yeah, Machu Picchu the Lama, and stuff like that. Yeah, we and always see the same a per, things. A person with a two year or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So we always see the same things. And actually, the something that struck me when we arrived in Peru and in Lima, which is where you're from, mm-hmm. is Lima is just another big city like there are many in the world. Uh, it's the capital. You have a very rich neighborhood with people wearing suit and doing finance. You have poor ones. You have, it's just a big city. Like there are hundreds in the US or in Europe. Yes. It's just another one, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I, I remember I told you that Lima, uh, it's, a, it's a big city, but compared to other cities, it's small. Yeah. Mm. But it adds like a lot of things 
uh, because uh, first uh, Lima is one of the biggest cities in Peru. Uh, the second one is Arequipa, uh, but uh, Lima, um, the population is like uh, maybe like forty percent of the entire population of Peru, something wow. like that. It's a lot. Of, this is something that, uh, yeah, during the time we are, well, well, since Republic era, or no, before Republic era, when we were uh, under the kingdom of Spain, mm -hmm. it was, Peru was uh, like a, a big colony, yeah. like a viceroy, mm -hmm. something like that. So the people who came here, the Spaniards, uh, found or maybe create this city uh, and they like convert it, convert it to be the like the capital of the new uh, Spain in mm. South America. Yeah. So most of the important buildings and economic uh, movement were in Lima and that thing uh, was carried through generation to generation to the to the modern days yeah. and most of the things in peru are concentrated in lima mm -hmm. so most of the people uh, who born and rise in right rise yeah mm -hmm. and in other parts of in peru they have this idea that if you want to you know find new opportunities you want to develop or do something more uh lima it's like a the big city in Peru that maybe you can do something more and yeah it's the place to be if you want to achieve something, something. like the American dream yeah. that <laughs> European <laughs> Europeans go to uh, United States it is like if if you are born in you know small towns in Peru if you want to do something more you go to the capital mm. because it one biggest city in Peru. Yeah, and uh, it's where you will have the opportunities, I guess. Yeah, but nowadays that idea is changing because uh, they want to uh, eradicate this idea to concentrate all the things in Lima and want to, you know, like divide the country in little regions mm. and give the chance to develop the other cities. So that's a good thing that yeah. it is happening right now. Yeah. So maybe tell us about what was your experience to grow up in Lima. Um, Lima is a big city, like you said. There's plenty of different district neighborhood. They are very different from one another. Yeah. Um, yeah. How was it for you to to live and grow up and, and go to school to Lima? Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I know that maybe you heard that Lima and also experienced that Lima looks like in the most part of the year. Uh, quite uh, dark because most of the most of the um, year the sky is gray yeah. and it is cold <laughs> as I can say cold as hell but cold as I don't know the Arctic yeah. <laughs> and you feel the the cold inside your bones yeah. but it has like um, you know a balance because um, Peru is in the tropical area, mm -hmm. so it is supposed to be so hot. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. supposed to be, you know, uh, hot as uh, 
Brazil or hot as um, Africa, yeah. especially near the equator, equator that there it is the, the Sahara Desert. Yeah. But uh, we have this the Andes, the highlands that uh, uh, are like a barrier. So they concentrate most of the clouds in the coastline and yeah the coastline is a big a long desert but with this um with this uh highlands the andes uh keeping all the most all the wet and all the clouds uh this the desert has a particular um environment mm. because uh there are a lot of oases mm. uh seasonal oases and there are uh some months in the year that the desert become green and it is amazing uh you know uh landscape that just happened in a particular season mm -hmm. in, in the year so yeah i was born and raised in lima and well my entire uh quite life yeah my entire life as a child and as a young and also adult I was, uh, you know, um, I was breathing water practically because <laughs> humidity in Lima is like 99%. <laughs> so, yeah, but, uh, well, I was born in the 80s, well, in 1988, uh, in the middle of the, an economic crisis mm. in Peru. There were a lot of uh, inflation and also like... In that uh, time, uh, there was a cholera, uh, cholera um, outbreak. outbreak in Peru. So um, it was a particular time to be born <laughs> because, you know, this health issue and also the economical issue that was happened had a big impact in my generation. Mm -hmm. But at least um, we had a really nice childhood. We had, a, you know, um well my parents and also my parents and my friends and my, and my cousins and well people from my generation they they parents or our parents uh, could manage this and well give everything to you know to us yeah. to be you know uh, no well to to have at least uh, accommodation to develop well and yeah, I mean, as I said at the beginning, uh, Lima, um, it is a big city, but it was also and still development It is still growing. Mm -hmm. And when I was a little child, uh, uh, there are more space in Lima. There were more uh, areas uh, uninhabited mm -hmm. that were covered by Pachi. Uh, shrub forest or patchy desert oh. areas so i remember when i was a kid i used to go to big parks mm. that you can <laughs> play hide and seek and that was the really really um, you know uh, fantastic game to play yeah. <laughs> in the middle of a patchy uh, shrub forest and yeah i mean i was born in the time that uh, you know this um, the remaining second world war uh things was happening like for example the 
reunification of Germany yeah. and also the fall of the great uh, Iron Wall, yeah, something like that. And we were uh, enter into a new era in Peru in the 90s. Uh, there were a new government that could uh, save us from the inflation, but <laughs> uh, corruption and, you know, dictatorship uh, was a thing that uh, happened between the, the beginning of the 90s till the beginning of the new millennium. Okay. So we have like 10 years of uh, dictatorship here in Peru with corruption. And when I was a child, you know, I remember seeing the president, this president uh, uh, everywhere in every channel in television and also uh, trying to keep their things under the table. Yeah. Mm. But everybody already know that something weird is happening mm. and also there were a uh, remain of terrorism during that era mm -hmm. yeah uh during 1996 uh the last uh, tourism um, event happened in lima okay. uh the japanese embassy was taken by a group of terrorists mm. and yeah it was uh, two years they were dealing with it mm. Yeah, it was our, the generation, I mean, my generation uh, had this, you know, particular thing in our, you know, in our time yeah. where when we were child, despite we are, we were chill, we were, ch we were children. Mm. We, you know, we actually don't know what happened, but we could feel it. Yeah. yeah. You don't because it, but. because uh, I remember uh, that my our mothers doesn't want to go outside too late, mm. and also when there were um, near the holidays, uh, there were a lot of blackouts because uh, terrorists 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 group terrorists yeah. uh, destroyed the power lines. Wow. So remember that when that blackout happened. Um, me and my cousins and my neighbors, we were just uh, coming together and talk about and, you know, they telling jokes yeah. or uh, telling creepy stories, <laughs> something like that. So, you know, it, is, it was something uh, peculiar yeah. that happened in, my, in our childhood yeah. during that time between the 90s till the 95 yeah, or something like that yeah what were you like at school because i know now you're a bird scientist i know there's a real <laughs> word for it <laughs> but were you always interested in nature and learning and education or is that something that kind of came later on in life well uh education in peru it's uh you know you can study in a private or national school mm -hmm. uh national school you are supported by the government it's completely free okay. and private well if your parents have the you know the money to put you in a private school okay fine but there is and still now a difference between 
uh, the education in private school and national school mm -hmm. because well uh, the education especially in schools not university because completely mm -hmm. different in, in schools it is not well invested so the better education you can get in a private school so your parents sometimes uh, have to sacrifice uh, you know things to have money to pay you at least in a decent uh, private school yeah that was uh, a, a big deal uh, in Peru but nowadays uh, the government tried to you know uh, destroy this difference mm -hmm. and they implement like big uh, units schools that you can you receive uh, it is supported by the government and you receive a high uh, quality education mm -hmm. but you need to qualify you need to you know to to compete to yeah. be in there okay but at least it's something that you know changing. you have to your you know the ability to get in mm. it is fine no? so yeah i mean i i study in a catholic private school and as i said the other day <laughs> but uh it what it worked on me i mean in the opposite way because uh, <laughs> i'm the less catholic yeah. the less religion person i am so yeah i was really really interested in science especially um, uh, in medicine because my father uh, was uh, a doctor and i remember when i was a kid i loved to visit his little uh, well so his um, bureau or mm -hmm. his office mm -hmm. and read or try to see all the anatomy books <laughs> figures and i was like wow it's amazing i like this so I was really into science and well the following years and during the school I met a teacher in my biology class that was like the teacher or the person that um, you know uh, gave me the interest to mm. study biology to understand natural processes so yeah i mean uh i got interest in well in science and then in specifically in biology yeah. something like that mm -hmm. and also because when i was a kid i really loved the hunter crocodile hunter oh, yeah. tv show so, oh yeah, yeah so. like crocodile dundee and stuff yes like uh, <laughs> yeah. very often when we talk to people mm -hmm. we ask about you know education and childhood and 90% of the time, people answer, I had a pretty normal childhood and education. Mm. Uh, would you say that you had a normal childhood and education? Oh, uh, well, I... Uh, I don't know how to say that, but uh, I had like a yeah, normal education and life, uh, you know, lifestyle because... Mm. Mm, uh, I was in school and uh, also I practice uh, sports mm. uh, I practice football basketball athleticism and yeah I was 
And yeah, I was because <laughs> right now I am out of. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I yeah I was uh, I, I I played very well yeah football basketball, and uh, it is quite complicated because yeah. to define because uh, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, because no... everyone defines normal as something different. Yes, you know what's normal for me is different for Rosie, different uh -huh. for you. Yeah, but it's always interesting to see if people perceive yeah. the life as normal or not. Uh, yeah, the thing is that uh, I think it's normal, but. <laughs> I don't know how normal is yeah, no. the normality. Yeah, yeah. And it's, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah I think it's, I think I'm normal, but I also know that um, you know sometimes I prefer to read a book instead of you know going out, mm -hmm. uh, go to the par go to parties. Yeah. Anyway. But I'm not like a warm book. Oh yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, the, the the guy who spends his time in the library. Yeah, and I, the, all I'm the not time. like that. <laughs> yeah. But if I find a really good book, uh, as you told me, yeah. know that you found. <laughs> yeah, and you found a book, and once you found a book, you You're don't stop it. <laughs> read it. Uh, in my my case, uh, well, I have this motivation to know things, to 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 understand how does the thing uh, works. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, sometimes I remember that in a f in family reunion, I spend most of the time talking with my uncles, then, you know, <laughs> playing with my cousins. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I play with my cousins and something like that. Yeah, you are very curious and you like to learn. And yeah, and learn and, and also hear people mm. because I want to hear their opinion, mm. something like that. Yeah. I'm I'm curious, yeah. So when did you? Is it when you went to university that you decided to specialize in biology? Uh, it was before. It was before. Uh, during my last my my well, when I was two years before finish school. Mm -hmm. I was completely sure to uh, study biology mm. and also study in, in my university in, in some, sorry, in San Marcos University. Um, I was influenced by my parents because, uh, well, uh, my parent, my, my father studied in San Marcos University and all my entire life, he told me about his university, mm -hmm. uh, the history, and the, you know the tradition and 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 things about the university because the university is the oldest one in the continent because oh. it is uh, created in May twelfth, fifteen hundred fifty one. Wow! So it has like almost 470 years something like that yeah. wow and it doesn't stop i mean when it was when peru was a vice reign the university was created uh, by the king of spain mm. and the pope of that era mm. so there's a document where they certified the creation of the first university wow. in in america in the entire america okay. so that's the reason they call uh, they can 
Universidad Nacional Mayor de San Marcos, decana de América. Decana oh, de América okay. means the, the first or to, to serve as education, something like that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it's a, you know, it's a thing that uh, my, uh, my parent was proud and mm. I heard stories about the university and uh, yeah I, I i and also the university in peru is one of the best despite it is uh, uh it received investment from the government but uh, the education in at university level in peru the investment from the government is better oh, okay most of the uh, best universities in peru are uh, best and are funded by 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 the government. Okay. Yeah. So, well, and also, well, San Marcos University has uh, our well biology in Peru. There are only three universities that have this uh, major. Mm -hmm. So, well, I decided to study in San Marcos because it has a lot of history yeah. in Peru. Yeah. Um, that's why I decided to study biology in San Marcos, and yeah, it, I think it's it. I, I it was a real thing for me. Yeah. And when did you get interested eventually in? Well, when did you decide to specialize in what you do now, which is specializing in birds? And how also did you end up studying and doing research? for the University of Pennsylvania in, in the US. Hmm? How did you get there? Well, that's a, a long story <laughs> because uh, when I start uh, biology in San Marcos, I remember I was interested to study uh, whales. So mm -hmm. it's completely different <laughs> from what I'm doing now. <laughs> uh, but well, years pass and when I was in my third year, I decide to study plants because I, you know, I feel like plants, uh, they are living forms, living organism, but also can, uh, uh, can give uh, structure and habitat to animals or and other organisms. So I decide because I think if you study the habitat, the plants you can also study and understand other organisms mm. in living, in, living yeah. in, in in for example in a forest for example if a forest is characterized by a, by a specific vegetation there is also uh, uh, animals that are you know living with this plant and doing this connection with mm. the plant and with the habitat and with you know ge geography or things that uh, compiling the network mm. so yeah i decided to study plants because my uh, biology in san marcos uh after before your fourth year your fourth year mm. you can decide uh, which area you want to specialize botany zoology and hydrobiology okay. so i decided to study uh, botany and then I met a professor that became my uh, mentor, my advisor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mentor, my advisor. 
and he uh, he um, get me into research. I remember that uh, he invited me. No, after attending a class of one of his class, I start to talk with him, mm-hmm. and I was getting interested what he was working. He was working uh, in a project related to. Uh, parrots and the, ha- the cloudy forest, mm-hmm. the distribution. So he invited me to participate in his project. And so I did it and I got fascinated and interested in conducting research. Mm-hmm. So then I spent much more time in his lab and also met uh, wonderful people working with him and then he invited me to join his lab so we were working together conducting research and also he was still a student at this time yeah I was still a student and then uh, he gave me an idea to uh, do a thesis work so we worked together and uh, he liked my job and we uh, worked hard to, you know, to give this uh, project uh, to be defended yeah. by me. So uh, it was a project related uh, to desert habitat in the coastline of Peru. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I uh, specifically, I didn't work with plants, <laughs> but uh, my topic was related to bio- biological soil crust, that it is a community of organisms mm-hmm. uh, that live uh, within the soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are uh, compounded by uh, algae, uh, bacteria, uh, lichens, fungus, and small plants. Mm-hmm. And my objective was to develop a algorithm to classify habitats and using sat- satellite imagery. Mm-hmm. So we could uh, finish it, uh, I defend it, and yeah, and right now we are writing the paper. So. So it just took at you, but before you met this person, what was your ID after university? Because you went to study biology, but before you met this person, what did you think your job would be, for example? Yes. Well, uh, I wasn't uh, quite sure, but I had this idea that maybe uh, working maybe in a laboratory, uh you know in a microbiology lab uh conducting this uh quality um, test mm-hmm. for you know for uh, uh factories or for food uh, uh food uh, production something yeah. like that because um you know that's the most of the people who study biology tend to work in that area because it is mm, it, 
I don't want to say that it is easy to get the job because, mm -hmm. but there is a lot of, you know, uh, business that produce food mm. yeah. or medicines mm. here yeah. in Peru. So that's one of the big markets okay. if you study biology. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do research and to dedicate your life into academia, uh, it is, you know, it's a big decision because uh, here in Peru, uh, the government does don't don't invest a lot of money in science and technology so you have to apply for external fundings mm. or try to you know do things with the money you receive but at least uh works uh, you you can do you can do research with that funds mm. fund with that fundings and it is demonstrated that a lot of uh, research were conducted uh, with, uh, you know, this lack of fundings. But if you have, you know, creativity and also a really, really interest and you don't you and if you have this courage mm. to develop things, you can do everything because there is no limit. So yeah, but before I decide to conduct a research, I was thinking that maybe after university, maybe I was, I will work in a lab mm. or something like that. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, this meeting this person was very life changing in the way that it, it took you to another route. And I mean, luckily it worked out because now you're doing something you are very passionate about. So yes, it was, <laughs> it was a good thing. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I was curious about that because I didn't really know what you could do as a mm -hmm. when you study biology. That's why I was asking this question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yes. So after work, after working with the, my advisor, uh, well, after my thesis dissertation, uh, I still working with him, a small project and also big projects here in Peru. Uh, for example, I start to. Uh, work with birds because uh, my professor, my well, my advisor, or my professor, uh, he also work with another colleague who is an ornithologist, and they uh, um, design projects as a team. Mm -hmm. So every time you know uh, it's time for field work, uh, he asks, you know, who had who has time to go to this place and do the conductor field work, something like that. So everybody just, you know, say, okay, I can do it. Yeah, I can, we can manage. We, you know, uh, write like a schedule. Okay, so you go from this to this days and then you from this days to these days. Mm. So when I was getting involved into ornithologists and got fascinated by you know watching birds because here in Peru Peru is the second country with the biggest biodiversity in birds mm. uh, after Colombia mm. and oh. okay. uh, you know Peru has colorfuls and different kind of birds and 
it is you know entertaining mm-hmm. and i remember the conducting what what i was you know working in in that uh, research just studying the plants i also learned from colleagues that you know do conduct the ornithology uh, census something like that mm-hmm. i learned from them mm-hmm. uh, and also got fascinated and get into the bird watching and also the photography. Mm. And I learned a lot about birds and how to identify and also how to identify by their sound. And the following year, my professor met a professor from the US, from the University of Pennsylvania. This professor from Pennsylvania was conducting a big uh, a project. It was funded by the government of the U.S. And he was studying the relation between birds and plants, how they consume and disperse uh, the seeds in different kind of habitats. So mm-hmm. he planned he, he planned to conduct the study in Pennsylvania, in Puerto Rico, in Brazil, in Argentina, and in Peru. So in order to, you know, to don't get, in order to save money, because mm-hmm. taking one of his stud- students uh, from US and mm-hmm. pay the ticket to come, to came to Peru, and you know pay things like uh i mean it will be costly yeah. to send a send student from everywhere. us to peru and to south yeah. america so he invite my professor to participate and also maybe invite us to participate in in there as a research as a technician uh, as conducting the research so in that time, I got really, really interested to do research in birds because I learned, I visit different places in Peru mm. and saw different kind of birds. And also got the opportunity to visit Brazil uh, and Argentina and also see different birds that I won't see in Peru. And this professor from the US liked my work and he invited me to participate in his lab as a, as a lab member and also give me the opportunity to study uh, a master. And so that's how my journey in US started studying there mm. and because when you when you went to uni in, in, in Lima in San Marco and you studied biology that was part of a bachelor degree yeah bachelor yeah degree. okay and then when you worked with your mentor with your advisor mm-hmm. um, that was at the end of the bachelor basically yes yeah okay yes uh, it was the end of that and also there is another uh, grade that you receive here in Peru if you want to 
uh, work as a professional. Mm -hmm. It's a license degree, something like that okay. is called. That it is. It is uh, just a thing in Peru. Okay. It doesn't uh, have like a value if you want to do something. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. It's not equivalent. Yeah, okay, it's yeah. not equivalent. Because I thought. Um, I don't know, most of the time when, you know, you read books or you listen to TV or whatever and you hear about researcher, mm -hmm. they always talk about PhD. Yeah. So I thought you needed a PhD to actually be a researcher. Okay. I didn't know that you could start earlier and, and, and eventually get there. But yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that does, that does, that's, um, you know, uh, usually people think about that. Yeah but you can start conducting research and being at research um, at the beginning of you know your well not at the beginning but you know when you are in the university mm -hmm. and you are studying for bachelor mm -hmm. and and you uh start to participate in research as a as a research because you can participate as a volunteer or as a, you know, uh, uh, you know, giving help or nothing like giving ideas. Yeah. So it is like a, a long way because you have to be consistent. You, you know, you have to demonstrate that you are able or yeah. capable. You have this capacity to to conduct research mm -hmm. because I mean it is not difficult and also it is not easy but you uh, you need to you know to demonstrate that you have the capacity to uh, generate ideas and create projects and if you show your results in uh, you know in, uh, in symposiums uh, you you are like automatically uh graduate as a research yeah that's yeah and also i guess your your creativity and your ideas are important because as you said most of the research are funded by external sources mm -hmm. and where well, you need to stay relevant and creative yes otherwise you're gonna run out of money and and, and you won't be able to <laughs> do your job at some point so yeah. also i guess being creative and looking for something new and stuff like that is also important to actually stay active and, and mm -hmm. maintain the whole system in place yes it is like i mean you need to balance you know your life and also your work because well i work as freelancer you know um, working f uh, with a uh, business or you know uh, a mine um, doing um, reports about uh, environment uh, impact environment mm -hmm. something like that yeah i got paid by yeah. that it's flexible but also i balance it by conducting research working with professors and it is i think that that you it is more like a, you know it is like part you want it's a desire that you want to, you know, see things, understand things. And if you get that, you want to show to the people. Mm -hmm. That's that's what uh, normal people is 
differentiated from research. Mm -hmm. Research, you show people your your results. You need to communicate it. That's uh, what is a research. Yeah. yeah. Because if you conduct studies and if you do it, but if you don't communicate your results, nothing happen. I mean, no. science and doesn't uh, evolve. Evolve. So research is, is uh, being a research is, you know, you study, you work, and also you need to, you, 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 you need to communicate your results yeah. and there is no good or bad result. There are just results in mm. nature because you think maybe in your hypothesis that probably it will happen, but oops, your results say that no. The hypothesis is mm. not uh, what it what 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 you suppose. So it's not a bad yeah, result. Just it's just a expected. result. <laughs> yeah. mm. yes. It's just a different result than you expected. Uh -huh. mm. So I'm curious about when you went to university in the States in terms of how it was different and if it's what it's like on TV and in the films. <laughs> And like that compared to university in Peru, like what were the main differences you found? Okay, uh, well, um, at first, uh, the people in US, uh, well, in the university in the US, uh, there are a lot of people from different part of the world mm -hmm. because yeah there are americans u.s american students also there are people from south america like me people from asia from europe so you see that there's a lot of diversity and a lot of point of views mm -hmm. and that's a good thing because yeah. as long as there is a group that it is diversity they share the ideas and they create m more things yeah. because it is not only a close group that has the same idea. No. Yeah. From the same background, the same education, same uh -huh. nothing else. Yeah. yeah. So it is like a, a thing that, that develop, still developing new things. Mm. You share new point of views, new, uh, ways to see things. Yeah and university in us it's crazy uh <laughs> crazy good or crazy bad <laughs> crazy good i mean okay. <laughs> and also amazing because as you know as you can see in some uh tv shows or movies they love the university mm. they have this spirit of the university yeah. they love uh, their name what they represent especially in football game season that's a crazy party of two months or three months yeah three months of every weekend there is a football match mm. and everybody is uh going to the campuses uh with the color of the university mm. everybody for example penn state they they color is blue and white so during football season everybody is <laughs> wearing something blue and white and they are chanting they are singing something about supporting the mm. team uh yeah that's cool and it is 
more, uh, you know, more, um, you can see that more uh, from people from the undergrade. Mm -hmm. In, from graduate people, yeah, they, they have uh, this feeling. But not a not as a fanatic way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Less intense. <laughs> Less intense. Yeah. And uh, people I I I feel really comfortable there. Mm -hmm. I share time with new people and also uh made really nice friends that helped me a lot because you know being so far yeah. from your country or hometown and you know spent like three years three four years outside your country without coming back that's a lot wow, that's a long time that's a lot of time was that the first time that you were going away for so long yes that's yeah. the first time because when i was you know traveling it was just like two or three months mm. maximum but uh you know there is a lot of diversity and they promote diversity mm. they uh there are uh, like spaces to promote to organize uh, events uh and to share with people mm -hmm. despite there are you know sometimes uh you hear you know that racism in some parts in the us but i the time I was there, I didn't experience any kind of racism, aggression against me. Yeah. So that was cool. Good. Yeah, and people are more convinced that racism is bullshit. Mm. Yes. So uh, my experience in the U.S. university in the U.S. university was really really nice. And compared from the a Peruvian university, well. Um, uh, there are things that Peru, uh, universities in Peru lacks, for example, fundings. Mm -hmm. Despite they receive fundings, uh, and also they, well, here in Peru, we have uh, private universities. Mm -hmm. But as I said, uh, the national universities uh, have more prestige, receive fundings, yeah. and yeah. the best professors are are uh, uh sometimes the infrastructure no the for example services or things like uh equipments uh in us are much better yeah. because yeah. they they move a lot of money mm. and uh what else what mm. what about the food Oh, the food. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, that, 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 that was the only thing that I was, I was complaining. <laughs> I mentioned that because today at lunch we were talking about how many different types of soup there are <laughs> along the coast of Lima and how many different dishes. Like Lima, is, well, Peru, I mean, is just a, a crazy place for food with loads of different variety. Yes. And then the States is known for burgers <laughs> and pizzas. And I wonder if you missed yeah. the food here or if you actually quite liked the change or... Yeah, at first I tried to, you know, visit restaurants and places to eat. And also I mm, visit the cafeteria. Mm -hmm. um, 
I f it feels like the same thing that yeah. repeats. And I, I really, when I was there, I really missed yeah. Peruvian food. And then I tried to cook a Peruvian dish, but the ingredients were mission impossible yeah. to get. It. I mean, uh, and the only thing that I could do, maybe some uh, chifa food. Mm -hmm. It is a Chinese Peruvian style food that at least there are some uh, condiments or, um, you know, things that you I can uh, get yeah. from supermarkets. Yeah. But, you know, like for example, today adobo, it's impossible because yeah you just can't find the ingredients yeah yeah i think uh people from maybe china or mexico they are lucky because there uh, there were a lot of you know this chinese market or mexican food mm. market so they can they they for them they it was they for them uh it was easy to get some ingredients for the country yeah but peru well I I remember once uh, I tried to look uh, I tried to look for a Peruvian market thing goods goods and the closest one was like eight hours driving. <laughs> yes, yeah, that'll be that'll be an expensive meal. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean I could do it, but I I didn't have enough time. <laughs> Yes, but at least, you know, um, uh, lifestyle in U.S. is a little different from Peru. Yeah, yeah. Lifestyle. the culture as well, the, the way of thinking is quite different. Yes, the culture and also the landscape and the city landscape is completely different yeah. because there are a lot of green areas. You know, the house is in the middle, all surrounded by, you know, cesped or grass mm. but in lima all the houses are yeah <laughs> next to each other next yeah. to each other no more not enough space mm. <laughs> between you and your neighbor i mean your house is yeah. here and your neighbor is <laughs> close <laughs> yes so for all the all those years you spend in in the us um working and studying in penn state um were you funded was your life, like your accommodation, your food funded thanks to your research or you were a complete student and you had to rely on yourself to, well, actually, no. Uh, no, I was uh, supported by the project of this yeah, professor. Yeah. So all my uh, expenditure were covered by the project. And also I received, uh, I received like a, a, mm, a salary because uh -huh. I was uh, working as a research assistant oh. and also in two semesters i worked as a teaching assistant so i i i, I didn't got uh adapt yeah because yeah that was asking because yeah. you know I, we always think that u.s education is so expensive and yes. everything that's that's why everybody got depths yeah. there but i i had this thing so and i i also could save money mm. good okay. yes yes but the lifestyle is completely different it's completely different the the streets for example in at penn states the city uh, uh 
it was noisy because Lima it's noisy. <laughs> yeah. The traffic there was there wasn't traffic jam. Lima traffic jam is a thing of every day, mm. especially after you know after 4 p.m. Mm. is when people get out of the work. Yeah. 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 So after spending three, three or four years, uh, three, three and a half, three yeah. and a half years in, in Penn State and in the U.S. Uh, conducting your research and and everything, um, I know you, you you told me that you were hoping eventually to get a PhD here potentially over there at some point. Yes, you, you would have liked to. Uh, right now, my well. My goals for this uh, this uh, following months is to publish all all the work I conduct during those years. So I'm I am working four papers. Uh, one is already uh, under revision, and the other three are well uh, under you know under work mm-hmm. in work working yeah and after that uh i want I, my, my plans is to maybe uh, do a phd and i am thinking and and also well not thinking well but i check that in germany there are really nice uh, phd programs related to birds mm-hmm. and uh, satellite imagery and uh, also uh, ecology. So I'm thinking on maybe apply for the next season and see if I have it or, <laughs> or no, because, you know, it is depend, uh, you know, how you, if, 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 if it is depend of the, you know, the, the professor that they need mm-hmm. yeah the time yeah yeah so uh let's see that's my my next goal because what i what i what i am want to do is to here in peru after uh, study a phd and maybe spend a couple of time conducting my own uh, research mm-hmm. uh coming back to peru and promote science uh, maybe uh, working in my university mm-hmm. and promote science to new uh, students mm-hmm. and, and develop uh, science and technology because I think there are a lot of things to do here just in Peru there are a lot of places a lot of habitats a lot of kind of forest and uh, we know a little we know little improve uh so that's my main goal something like that yeah Yeah. still conducting research because you told us a couple of days ago that in peru they're constantly finding new species of butterflies or birds or insects and it just must like i don't know it's just it's so interesting there's still so many things on this planet in, in this country that we still don't know exist and we don't haven't quite identified so getting more people into science to try and find all these things and learn about them all is a very yeah. important thing to do yes um here uh in peru 
uh, especially in insects, there is a high probability that a new species is discovered, like not daily, but frequently yeah. because uh, insects are the most diverse group in Peru. And yeah, uh, as you said, uh, giving interest into science, especially into nature, wildlife, Mm. and discover new things, how does it work, the system, and also uh, give us uh, the knowledge or tool to perform or to design uh, conservation plans or programs. Mm. Because, uh, well, it is impossible not to think that uh, uh, a country, uh, well, societies develop, they start to, you know, to create new things, the cities start to uh, raise, yeah. and mm, societies need uh, more resources. So, uh, the impact in nature, uh, I'm not saying that it is uh, a bad thing, but we need resources. That's yeah. true to develop things, mm. to develop technology. We need, uh, for example, metals or food. We need to produce crops or something like that, or farms or mines. But we need to do it in a good manner, yeah. controlling everything and produce the less impact in nature. Mm. So as long as we know uh, what is surrounding us, the wildlife, we can see and we can maybe in a future deal with it, mm. try to uh, preserve or create uh, more programs, conservation programs, and try to, you know, keep it balanced because we can say that, no, uh, okay, let's stop everything. This is bad. We don't uh, stop the mining or uh, stop the extraction of oil. Uh, I think that uh, that's impossible because uh, people, well, civilization needs, society yeah. needs resources. So we need to do it in a good way with less impact but and also we need to to know how is nature and how to deal with uh, how to you know know how to uh, uh, protect areas yeah. and also maybe restore areas because when I when I when mine is closed because it doesn't have uh, resources to extract, yeah. it needs to be restored. So uh, places are completely different. If you go to the forest or to the highlands or mm -hmm. to the desert, the environments are different. Their organisms are different. So the way you restore it are particular in a place yeah. you go. So. I think something that's interesting as well is I think travel can help a lot with that. So you often hear about deforestation in the Amazon 
but then I think if you've never been to the Amazon you can kind of disassociate yourself to it and think oh that's happening over there it's not my problem Mm. whereas then when you actually go somewhere and experience it and see it for yourself like like seeing the birds that we've seen here I'm like Mm -hmm. oh my god they need to be protected because they're beautiful and incredible and I think that's it's interesting because it's something that like like I said if you don't see it for yourself it's sometimes hard to believe or hard to understand yeah Mm -hmm. and then when you go somewhere and actually see it that's kind of when i think it kicks in so i think the more research you can do and the more you can teach people about what is in nature even Mm -hmm. if we don't know all of it even if we don't know all of the insects but teaching people that these things are here and we do need to protect them because otherwise they're going to go extinct and who knows what will happen but yeah 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 i mean that's uh that's uh that that's important because we need uh to know um, how is you know mm, nature, how is you know the forest, the Amazonian, how is uh, uh, how it is sustained naturally because there are different kind of organisms and maybe there are organisms that we already don't know. Mm. So it is important to you know conduct research and see. Uh, how the nature works and preserve things, save uh, animals, plants, um, and I also think that uh, nowadays I heard uh, people that, for example, have lands that promote this new kind of tourism like uh, they uh, invite scientists and they work with them Uh, the scientist has the space to develop research and also this the science the scientists uh, are like uh, mm, showing the tourists how research is done or is done for example i had the opportunity to go to tambopata uh, there is a like a um i forget the name but it is like a area uh, a businessman uh, get it and they promote tourism because they built lodge, lodge, mm-hmm. small houses, mm-hmm. and also they invite uh, scientists to maybe uh, work with insects or with birds and see also uh, what kind of animals or plants are in their land mm-hmm. and promote diversity to tourists. Mm-hmm. To tourists and the tourists also can campaign or follow a scientist uh, during his work i remember once i was there uh, they invited me to work a season i was working with birds and i my task was to uh, uh, develop a bird list so uh, every day i was you know uh, conducting uh, the bird list, yeah. the bird list, sorry, and 
there were they were a group of tourists that follow me how I work so it was like a Disneyland yeah. <laughs> kind of attraction that also show the normal people how is the scientist world yeah it's really interesting that's really cool yeah, I mean, um, yeah. And, yeah. and also uh, you can talk with the people interact with them and show them well, I remember for example I used to put some uh, uh, little um, uh, there is like a nest mm. no no sorry um, a mist net it is like mm. a net uh, that it is used to capture and release bird I mean you capture bird with this net mm -hmm. you can uh, identify it and then release yeah. uh, taking care of course mm. and yeah I remember uh, from 12 to 3 p.m. I have to go with a group of tourists and well the group of tourists uh, follow me with a guide and the guide explained the work I was doing and so they see uh, what I was doing and also identifying with my book and also taking measurements something like that and the people got amazed and also uh, they asked me uh, questions uh, related to the bird to the birds and 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 related to nature and I feel like they got really involved into the preservation because they saw and experienced things that you won't eat, see uh, in the TV or yeah. in a computer and also you are in the middle of the Amazon following and seeing it is like a reality yeah it's <laughs> because it's really unique it's really unique it's, it was like okay like they were uh, the same idea as uh, if you are sitting in the coach and turn on your TV and there is a National Geographic documentary mm. you are sitting there watching that <laughs> but instead of sitting in a coach and see in a TV they mm -hmm. are seeing the real the actual scientists conducting thing identifying thing yeah. talking about nature and that was really cool yeah it's really cool yeah no and i think that and what you said before about um working with students and with kids and teaching and and stuff it is really how education in in general term is how you get people to understand why things are important mm -hmm. why you have to take certain actions and not take others and and that's how you you get people involved and you get people to care is when you don't understand something it's really hard to relate and to care about it yeah. when if you understand how it works how it is done by looking at someone like you doing the job you understand the importance of everything behind it and yeah and that's how you get people to care and to be more careful with what they're going to be doing or or just be more respectful of the planet or, or whatever it is yeah. but yeah it's through education in a very broad way being mm -hmm. with children students adults tourists um yeah it's all about sharing like it's exactly you know what I, what we've been doing here in oxapampa mm -hmm. and just spending time with you and Bresley and and walking in the nature and seeing those birds and those trees and like you said before understanding how everything is 
interconnected. Mm -hmm. It's not just a bird and yeah. and that's it. It's uh -huh. this and the food and the other one mm -hmm. feeding and pooping and spreading the tree. Like yeah. it's all those things that uh -huh. works together as an ecosystem. Yes. Um, and yeah, and seeing that. Mm -hmm whatever how how you how however you can see it is how you understand the importance of it and how you care and yeah how yeah. you're gonna also share mm -hmm. speak about it like you said all this research is on a chair this is is nothing it's, nothing. Yeah. it's all about sharing to educate people mm -hmm. um so yeah it's, it's it's really cool and um yeah i mean the more you can spread the awareness and share the world that's yeah that also gives value to your work and to your hours and hours of, of work yeah. and research. Yeah, that's true. And also, as I said at the beginning, I, I like to, you know, share mm. experience and stories and watching things in nature, unique things and sharing stories. It is a great opportunity to, you know, educate people or to, you know, uh, give this idea that it is important to take care of nature or see more just than, okay, this is a forest. Yeah. No, there are living forms. They interact, everything interact in a network. And if one, uh, it is, I, I like to say this thing, nature it is like a theater and they play, they, they are actors. Mm -hmm. If you, for example, Hamlet actor, if you, if one of your, for example, I don't remember, for example, if you remove one character in Hamlet, what will happen with the play? Yeah, the whole play is just doesn't wasted. It doesn't, wasted. Work. it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> so that's an analogy I, I always mm. use. So nature is like a big theater. Mm. If you remove something or don't care something, everything poof yeah everything falls apart and it doesn't yes. it doesn't work anymore yeah it's like a domino effect after domino it's effect you, or cascading effect yeah yeah the, the impact of one little insect or whatever it is disappearing is is food for another yes. one and this one is food for another one and and mm -hmm. it's also yeah we don't always measure and yes. realize the impact that a little tiny action can mm -hmm. have on a global scale yeah <laughs> yeah and and that what i i that I could uh, understand better when I conduct the work in Puerto Rico with the seabirds mm. because I compare areas that receive uh, the marine inputs from seabirds and compare areas that don't receive anymore. And the uh, scenario, the vegetation is, and the, f and the animals are completely different. The abundance and richness is different. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's when you realize that again, the Mm -hmm. It's a whole big web. Yes. And it's interconnected. <laughs> and yeah, something in the ocean can have a massive impact thousands of kilometers away in a yeah. forest over there that, you know, it doesn't seem related, but mm -hmm. there is a link. Yeah, there is a link. Uh, there's yes. a link in between. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite bird that you've ever seen? Ooh. And then also, what's a bird that you would love to see that you haven't seen yet? Ooh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. The impressive bird I could see uh, is an eagle. It's the harpy eagle. It's mm -hmm. the, one of the biggest eagles in South America. 
they are uh i yeah they're pretty big i mean half uh, half uh, my height oh wow and they are really you know their wingspan must be huge something like that yeah they are uh, marvelous they they are really unique mm. because uh, they only nest on a species on a specific tree mm -hmm. and the thing is the shiwawako is the tree mm -hmm. that they nest and there are concerns about the status of shiwawako this tree mm. so people nowadays are trying to conserve uh, to 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 protect the shiwawako yeah. uh, but i like i really love that bird because it's impressive it's for me it's majestic mm -hmm. it has like a big uh, you know this posture impression it has like a crown mm. uh, uh, there are like four uh, feathers in in on on his on on its head that looks like a crown mm. Mm. yeah i think it's the king of the eagles in south america wow. and we we'll have yeah. to get a picture of it so I can include it in the, yeah. in the thing on the episode so people can see it. <laughs> yeah, and his claws are really big, like Velociraptor <laughs> claws. Yes, they chase monkeys and slots. Yeah. <laughs> and one bird that I would like to see. Hmm. Okay, that's a tricky question and difficult <laughs> question. Uh, okay, <laughs> let me see. Do, 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 bird I haven't seen. Maybe an, an exotic from other places. For example, maybe the paradise, uh, paradise bird that are in Asia. Mm. They are really colorful and they are so diverse. They have astonished color pattern. They combine the plumage with black, blue, and yellow in mm. one bird. And mm. yeah, they are really, 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 really beautiful. and. I feel curious to see, you know, in real, yeah. Yeah. because I saw them pictures, books, or YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. I think Paradise Bird from I think it's from I'm not sure which country, but it's in Asia. Mm. Okay, I have another question. How many birds do you think you could identify? Oh, <laughs> like if I showed you a picture, like how many birds do you think you know off the top of your head? Okay, whoa. <laughs> like, would it be like 50, like 100, 1,000? I have no idea. Like, uh, I could probably name 10. <laughs> Maybe 20. <laughs> okay. Um, I never counted <laughs> at all. It's not an easy question. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, I'm just curious, because if it's something... Yeah. Um... Um. I don't know, maybe over 100, or over 200 something like that or a little more it's a good amount yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. because uh, um you know i had the opportunity to to visit the amazonia the low forest the cloud forest the highlands the altiplano uh the desert so yeah i think <laughs> There are a lot of birds to, yeah. to yeah. see. Yeah. It's a lot of different systems. So. I'm pretty sure that at least, yeah, I think 200 birds I That's can. That's good. But That's at, a lot. Yeah, I mean, anytime I I don't know if you see I have my this my book Birds yeah. of Peru. I pack this 
book every place I go. Uh, I mean, yeah. in Peru. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so every at every journey or travel, I learn at least ten birds, new mm. ones. The, so yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's always learning. It's a never, yeah, it's never ending. Um, it's a never task. ending task yeah. or activity. Yeah, and I, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was impressive as well the other day how I said, "Okay, I've seen an orange bird. I don't know what it is. I see it for a split second, and you were like, oh, I know what that is.' And you just found it in your book and showed me. And I was like, "Wow, that's so cool." Yeah. Yeah, it's you know years of practicing and the long, the mo- the. The more you go outside and see, it is getting it get it gets easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been so good getting to know you more and learning more about your history, and it's just been amazing. I'm sure everybody listening has enjoyed it as well. So thank you so much. Oh, thank uh, thank you uh, to give me this opportunity to share my my story, and I hope that your project is uh, going good and. Uh, the best wishes for you, Rossi and Jeremy. Thank yeah. you. I've got one last question, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a question we ask everyone okay. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. If you could have a conversation mm-hmm. with anyone, dead or alive, okay, famous or not, it doesn't matter, any human being that ever lived or is living, okay. that you think for you is the most interesting person, mm-hmm. who would you who would you pick and why? Ooh, okay. <laughs> First one that comes to mind. Just one, Humboldt, Alexander Fong Humboldt. Okay. It is. He's a. Well, he was a naturalist, uh, born in Germany, and I remember the first time I read about him, I got impressed because and also uh, raised my interest to go outside and travel and see things because he uh, did a lot in nature, especially in South America. Despite he's from Germany, he took uh, the money of his family uh, mm, uh, take a ship, a ship, sorry, a ship, Mm -hmm. and travel around South America and discover new things, show new things about South America because in that time uh, it nothing were known about South America mm-hmm. the the habitat the nature the animals the plant and he uh, he take all all, all uh, he has and do it just by this feeling of explore and a real adventurer a real adventure <laughs> yeah. i mean he climbed the chimborazo the highest mm-hmm. peak in south america oh. only without just boots a pair of simple boots of wow. that era yeah yeah because i think as uh, under sandra von humboldt it's 150 years ago or 250 oh, okay. years ago 200 yes years like ago. during the um, 19th century like yeah during the yeah. 1800s. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, because, yeah, like 200 years before, because he met uh, Simon Bolivar, one of the, uh, uh, you know, Venezuelan um, criollo that 
uh, fight for the independence yeah. in South America. He met him okay. in, 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 in Europe. And yeah, it's like uh, 2000, no, sorry, 200 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so imagine. 1800 something. Or what? Like 1800. Yeah, 1800. Yeah. yeah. And he climbed the highest peak in South America uh, just to demonstrate uh, how the, the altitude that play an important role on the distribution of species in nature. Mm. And also he, he related that if you go the high, the highest you go, mm. the habitat or, you know, the environment looks like if you go to the, to a temperate forest. Oh, so he, he found that relation, something like that. And okay. he discovered a lot of species mm. and yeah, I think maybe, you know, have a talk with him. I'm sure he would have amazing stories Shares. to share. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. That'd yeah. be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you again for your time, for sharing about you and your passion and for sharing with us also all your knowledge about the, the nature of the country, because you know a lot. <laughs> and yeah, it's been, it's been really great to, to learn from you. <laughs> That's yeah, it, really. Thank you Simple for this opportunity and to share my stories and as I said, uh, good vibes and the best wishes to you, you guys. If you guys enjoyed the episode, uh, as always, let us know, reach out on Instagram or leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And yeah, stay tuned for the next episode next week, as usual. Thank you so much. Bye.